Are you looking for a memorable getaway for your family that's packed with adventure? Look no further than Lake Erie. Powderhook, in partnership with the Great Lakes Fishery Commission, has all the resources you need to plan your adventure to the walleye capital of the world. The best part is, you don't have to be an experienced angler or own a boat to have a fantastic time on the water. While walleye are the main attraction, Lake Erie also offers excellent fishing for yellow perch, trout, steelhead, salmon, and bass. The options are endless, and there's so much to explore on Lake Erie. Knowledgeable and friendly fishing guides are eager to serve you. Whether you want to hire a charter, secure a seat on a headboat, fish from the shore, ice fish, or do a DIY trip on your own boat. All these options are at your disposal with a bit of planning and preparation. Find everything you need at powderhook.com. That's powderhook.com. We know what's biting and can help you enjoy a wonderful fishing experience on Lake Erie. Hey, it's Captain Justin Leet with Chasing the Sun TV. Join me and Meredith for the best fish in action along the coast of Panama City Beach. Tune in to new episodes every Saturday at 10 a.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. River Rats, you are listening to the River Certified Podcast with Spencer Bauer and Ryan Tassler and an array of guests where we cover the fun, interesting, and sometimes rugged parts of spending life on or near the water. This will be the first podcast I've done without beer in a long time. Really? Well, I have whiskey. No. <laughs> I gave up on that stuff a long time ago. I actually used to be a bouncer. I was a bouncer for a summer. And I would start every shift off with a shot of Jack. Really? Yeah. Just to get myself in the right headspace. Yeah. I mean, if you you have to get ready. It had no reason with that. It was, I I could get free booze as a bouncing. So I'm like, give me some free booze to start my shift off. Yeah, exactly. What were we talking about before? Pet peeves? Yeah, pet peeves. peeves. So you said something about getting off the water at the right time. Yeah. What do you mean? In the summer. Like our bodies of water, like if you aren't off, like for example, where we like to fish, if you're not off the water in the summer around 11 o'clock, there are people going to do circles around your boat. Is that more on the river or the lake? Oh wait, you're on a different lake. So I was down further south from where you guys talk about fishing the most and I have not had issues with pleasure boaters. Not as much down there. In, act, no, in fact, lower, it amazed me. The lower bit. end. Okay. Yeah, it amazed me. Like, it was 4th of July the last time mm-hmm. I was down here, and there was, like, six boats on this giant reservoir, and maybe one, one boat was skiing, and that was it. And we're just in the 17-foot John boat on this massive body of water. <laughs> yeah. I can tell you weren't on a... Yeah, you're, yeah you're, not, you're not up here. If you're yeah. up here, you're not, that, that's not going to happen. But down there, I believe it's, it probably has something to do with the fact that People believe that there are gators there, which are there? There are. There are. Okay. There so are. they're not wrong. They're not <laughs> wrong. <laughs> but like the, the amount of numbers that they think there are, like they're going to jump in the water and they're going to have an attack. I've spent this. So yesterday was day nine mm-hmm. down here that of, over my whole life. Yeah. I've yet to see a gator, even in the summer. I mean, they're there. You see them more in the spring. Like how, how many gators are you seeing a year? being out on the water all the time you only see a couple right yeah i'd say probably two maybe two three. yeah sightings yeah. so if i saw one in the short time that i've been down here that'd be kind of a big deal it would yeah 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 because i've seen none 
So, and, and I'm down. Oh, you haven't seen any. I've seen none. Okay. Like I've only seen the the pictures of people that said, "Oh, I saw. Hey, look what I saw today." When I was in the Amazon, we saw dozens and dozens <laughs> of caimans swimming around all the time. That's a big no for me. Yep. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> the closest thing I can think of down there, like we obviously don't have any big reptiles where I'm at up north, but um, when I was in the Amazon anaconda if you saw an anaconda that was a big deal like they are there they're fairly prevalent but um if you saw one you know you just don't see them did you see one i didn't but my brother almost did the guide saw it pointed at it and as my brother was looking down the water exploded like really like exploded in a way that we caught arapaima well above 200 pounds like a lot of us did and the splash from one of those jumping out of the water was smaller than this anaconda bolting, according to my brother. <laughs> I did not it. see it. I saw the movie. I'm good. Yeah, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know anything to do with anacondas. <laughs> All right, so back to those pet peeve things. Like, you're on the water. You have to get off the water. Like, what's something that somebody could do that would royally piss you off when you're out there? Uh, Cut off my drag. <sighs> so are you talking about some somebody, like pulling a skier and then they they cut right in front or behind you or you no, talking like about somebody like catfishing catfishing or like cut off in front of you like no well, they like i'm dragging boards here yeah and they hop up and get ahead of you four or so five hundred yards no one i'm gonna drag right through there and start dragging the same thing and, and take take the fish that you yeah. were hoping to catch or yes. anchor or anchor i feel like anchoring would make well, I don't know. I feel like the dragging would make me more mad because they're g- probably going to be following a similar path that you planned on. They're going to, but the anchoring. You can go around them. Yeah, you can go around them, but why? Well, you shouldn't have to if somebody yeah, was right. considerate. I mean, you. but it's easy. In my mind, you're going to miss out on fewer fish if somebody pulls up and anchors. But in your front distance, of you. you have to start your turn. Yeah. Is. It's, it's gonna be lot. great. Like if you're Especially dragging a ledge, with boards. Yes. Yeah, yeah. If you're dragging a ledge, you have to start that turn because your outside board is still gonna mm-hmm. be fairly do you, close. Do you to have that. that happen when you're like just out recreational fishing very often, or is that more of a thing you run into in tournaments? I wouldn't necessarily say in tournaments, but like recreational wise, mm-hmm. you know, they got other guys just out there just mm-hmm. fishing. You know, yeah, They're trying to put food on the table or something. Yeah, and you know they they don't they see a boat fishing, they probably don't even know what's going on. Probably not. I've had plenty of guys come, you know come up next to me you know like what are you doing are you crappie fishing like no what are those things that's out there floating guys <laughs> i've had extremely weird things happen on the lake when it comes to dragon people have tried to the thought that they were pool noodles and they have pulled they, up they kind of do look like pool noodles pulled up within up. a couple feet and tried to pick them up and i'm like screaming <laughs> that's not a pool noodle like and then they dart off or they get their prop caught in my line that's fun that you've had that happen oh, yes i've never had that happen catfishing yeah i've had it happen shark fishing oh off the beach some dude ran that's the the bass fisherman topic we can talk about yeah okay <laughs> we'll get to those <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah and i will apologize in advance to anybody who likes to bass fish I, I mean i feel like i bash on bass fishermen a lot on here <laughs> i think it's just they're oblivious and pleasure boaters are oblivious to what they what you're doing I think it's oblivious or unaware. Like the idea that pulling these boards to widen out the spread of lines behind your boat, Mm -hmm. like that concept probably never even occurs to someone who's used to pitching jigs and some broken ledge, you know, for 
large mouth or whatever. Yeah. That's I, probably what it is. It yeah. probably is. Yeah. Because there's a... I'm, I'm weird that I know a lot about a lot of fishing because I'm a nerd even if I don't do that very often. I, I feel like I'm fairly well educated on... Not an expert, just, but just aware. But so many people get in their own little avenue niche of things that they enjoy doing and then don't look out of that very yeah. often. It makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah it just... When you're when you're in the moment, you you forget that it is um, you know they're just not conscious of it, and you think it it comes off as ignorance, like you're doing this on purpose, like stop doing. Yeah, this. that's but what it, it looks like. But it is. <laughs> it does look like, like I get it. mad when I see a bass fisherman that you know pulls up to a tree, throws his crankbait three times, and leaves. Right. I'm like, did you get that fish opportunity? Like you know, like he's I've been power, anchored on he's this power tree fishing, man, you know, like, like, KVD style. I've been anchored on this tree for half an hour, and here you. Flip, 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 your trolling motor, your big engine, and then you roar right. out of there. Like, roll thanks. Up. Yeah. Like, cool, dude. It's a strategy. Like I said, I know just enough to know a little bit. Like, yeah. <laughs> Kevin Van Dam popularized power fishing. You know, square bills, crank yep. baits, get in there, get out, and look for active fish. It's kind of the bass fishing equivalent of what a lot of catfishing is. Yep. You know, when you're anchoring, you anchor 15, 20 minutes and tops. Yeah, yeah. Or if I'm looking for daytime flatheads, like, realistically, 95% of the spots you're not going to get bit, but when you get bit, it's like less than a minute. minute. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I got to the yeah. point where I don't even hardly spend more than five minutes in a lot of places, especially in those small streams where everything's so tight and you know that your bait is within a foot, two feet of the fish you want to catch, maybe less. Mm-hmm. And he's either going to go or he's not. Right. And he knows it's there as soon as it's on the bottom. So. I mean, I've had them where you feel the sinker hit the bottom, and then it's just instant. Oh, yeah. You know, just yep. thud. Got him. Yeah. I can grow with that one, though. Yeah, I can I've had that, that happen on a drag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, yes, absolutely. Yeah. Before you even click to, to set the bail. <laughs> I've had it done before I even um, put the plant board on. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. And the line just... Just starts taking off out of the spool. And you're yep. Like, yeah. You have, to get a little, <laughs> you have to get a little closer to the microphone, though. I'll, I can amplify it, but... Um, there's a little bit of an echo, and that'll amplify that echo. Boom. Hey, there you go. <laughs> All right, this is a good chance for you guys to introduce yourself. Oh, and then I'll get to um, the boat running over my line while shark fishing, because that's kind of funny. But <laughs> but anyway, go ahead, guys. All right, I'm um, Sakoti Howard, I'm part of Salt and Pepper Cat Fishing with me and my partner name. Tournament Fishing Extraordinaire. Don't forget to throw that in there. <laughs> I'll do it for you, so you don't have to. I am a tournament fisherman. Is that how you classify yourself as cat fisherman? Like, I'm a tournament guy. I'm a tournament guy. I, I'd say I'm a flathead guy. No, I'm a tournament guy. You're a tournament guy. Yeah. Okay. I love catching flatheads. During tournaments, especially. Certain time of year. Sure. Sure. <laughs> sure. sure. But I'm, I'm, I'm a tournament guy. I would classify as a fun fisher. I do tournaments, but I'm just not any good at them. <laughs> <laughs> I can relate to that. I think I fished three or four tournaments, something like that. And ever? Iron- ever. Okay. And then the ironic thing is, the best finish I've ever had in a boat tournament, I was fishing out of my kayak. I called ahead. I'm like, I don't have a boat, but I don't have shit going on. And I kind of feel like fishing a tournament. Can I fish this tournament out of my kayak? And they're like, yeah, that's fine. And it was before, and they'd let me put fish on a stringer and bring them back. Huh. Yeah. That's interesting. And I got... Yeah, you don't hear that anymore. No, that, you better have a live well. Yeah, now, this would have been in college, so okay. 10 years ago. I uh, yeah, I came back in with a limit and got 11th out of like 30-some boats. 
nice the kayak, yeah yeah and then ironically i go out in a boat and i don't do as well <laughs> <laughs> that's how it works 90 percent of the time for me you got to tell your name so in order to introduce yourself so i'm brad Lale. um i uh i'm pro staff for a couple of companies um i'm a retired army captain um which is sweet yeah it's, it's, it's cute pretty sweet <laughs> um pretty sweet gig <laughs> so i uh i do tournaments uh we do all right but we're nowhere near as good as Cody. um i fish with uh brandon masters a lot of times we call ourselves the jacked cats which is pretty douchey <laughs> agreed but uh <laughs> the fact that you own it makes it okay but you know he's a he's a big old country boy and and it kind of fit so uh we went with it um my when i got into catfishing my whole goal was just to be able to um take my kids out which is why i got the boat that i got it, it has four seats take my kids out and have fun on the water at any time of the year that's mm-hmm. what i wanted to do and uh and i think we're getting there so it's a sweet rig man yeah you got a pro cat 240 the only thing you're missing for year-round comfort is that enclosure. And I have one. It's in the garage. And why don't you use it? Because I'm lazy. <laughs> <laughs> if I would have known that, I would have been like, bring it. I'll put it on there. <laughs> yeah, I just don't use it. And, uh, and That's everybody, so funny. If there's yeah. ever a day, yesterday was the day. It's like 40 degrees out, supposed to rain, and you're like, ah, we don't need that enclosure. <laughs> well, I mean, it, so it's, it's also like a sale, right? Oh, yeah. When you put it on, it now with the current the way it's been, makes it doesn't matter. Fisherman, though. It does make you a real fisherman when you're, the butt of the boat is just doing this number. Um, that drives me insane. Yeah. But. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's nice to have it. It's great. But uh, I just, I'm just lazy. It just takes five more minutes, and I want to get on the water. That's people's issue with filming, a lot of people that, that bring it up. It's like, okay, it's only three minutes. But it's like the longest three minutes of your life setting up cameras because you just want to be fishing. fishing you yeah, know? I can I can see that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's that's the only reason. So um, that's why I haven't gotten into it a whole lot. But February's coming, so I'm sure I'll have it on. Is February more brutal than January? It's typically, yeah. Like cold or colder? Colder. Mm-hmm. Cold. Gotcha. Yeah. This weather that we have had is kind of weird. I mean. It's we been got all over the place. Yeah, and we got snow like six, seven inches, and then just a couple weeks, weeks ago, ago, and then we got it again today. Mm-hmm. Typically, we don't get our worst weather until February. Gotcha. So, yeah, it's been abnormal to need the enclosure and the heater and all that good stuff. I remember last year I had rods freezing up. Oh yeah, in February. That's really oh, yeah. weird down here. I bet. Oh yeah, like that's routine for me for about three, four months out of the year. Oh, like you're gonna no. deal with like frozen guides but i'm talking walleye fishing mostly where you're casting and then you reel your line through the guides and water builds up and then freezes up but and then you're out in the morning you know you get out Ooh. there before the sun comes up and it's like 22 degrees and yeah you're gonna have some lines freeze up but Ooh. it is annoying it's not normal here but it February's when it happens pam cooking spray helps that that's what i have, or oh, I have pam, but i have um I forgot what it's called. Real X? The line conditioner. Real, yeah. Is that what you're using? Something. I don't spray it on my line. I use it for a trolling motor. Yeah, I use it on the trolling motor <laughs> shaft. Oh, sure. Yeah, on the trolling <laughs> motor shaft, yep. Yeah, because it'll freeze up. I've had yeah. that. I had that happen you know, one morning. If you morning. put your enclosure on, you can put your rods inside, <laughs> you won't freeze. <laughs> but the first step is put your enclosure on. <sighs> Probably get my wife to fish with me more if I did. <laughs> 
that's bummer that February is the worst month because that's when I'll be swinging back through here again. Oh, it is, isn't it? <laughs> yep. That's all right. Then I'll be back in March again, and yeah, things should be a little bit nicer. Mid-April is really... When the flags start biting, when I should oh, be here. Yeah. I might be. Who knows? Oh, yeah. If I can talk my wife into tagging along, because I'll be on the road a lot, and I'd feel bad asking, like, or not asking, but saying, you know, I'm going to go on a trip again. <laughs> See ya. What's See ya. her PB for uh, flatheads? Um, she caught one that was like mid-30s. She'll break that here in April. Oh, sure. And 100%. she'll probably do it multiple times. Yeah. 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 Same day, probably. Yeah. Really? Oh, yeah. You know, my favorite story about her PB is that she caught it and was all giggity that she caught it. And she doesn't go fishing with me very often. And my mission that day was to try and help her catch a big flathead, hoping that would be the thing that would hook her on fishing. And she's all happy. She's smiling big. You know, we let it go. And then the next thing she said, that was really cool. I'd like to go catch some other kinds of fish, though. Like, I don't know, maybe a carp. <laughs> Nothing wrong with carp. I just don't find them interesting. I'd rather fish for a lot of other things. And then, catch those in the cast now. <laughs> right. He said, get off. Yeah. <laughs> get out. It's a long walk back to the house, sweet cheeks. You know. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah. Oh, the boat running over my lines when I was shark fishing. Oh, yeah. This. So on the beach, you have the the wash where the waves wash up on shore, and then you have a deeper gut before it comes up to the first sandbar, and a boat cut between the wash in the first sandbar so like 50 yards off the beach somehow only hooked one line but when it hooked that one line this is a big shark reel not, not like a giant 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 one but a pretty good size one pen senator six shot you know 500 yards of line had about 300 or 200 yards of line out hooked it and this reel is just screaming i ended up putting my thumb on the spool as quick as i could flipped it in free spool and just gave him all the line oh I'm like if you're gonna do that crap you could have that around your prop shaft. Oh, yeah. no. Yeah. Have fun replacing those seals. Asshole. Oh, <laughs> burn them up quick, too. No, I've only, I only had it happen one time when uh, this guy, he thought my boards, my planer boards, were pool noodles. And I saw him picking pool noodles up. I mean, they were all over the lake. They were, I mean, the entire lake had these things on them, and it was just absurd. He comes through in this pontoon, and... <laughs> He comes within five foot of my board, and he goes to pick it up. I'm screaming, that's not your pool noodle. And then he goes to pull off, and instead of pulling where he went, he went in between my board and my boat, and it just snapped right there. Started, It bent the rod down, started yeah. pulling, and then the line finally cut. And then I had to reel everything up and go get that board that's just floating down river. And I'm like, oh, thanks, guy. Appreciate it. I had the same thing happen in uh... – Bill's a bass fisherman. Oh, no. I was oh, yeah. a pool noodle guy. Bass fisherman. What, how would Came you describe a pool noodle guy? <laughs> um, probably shirtless. Okay. Um, maybe some jorts. They're cut-off jorts, though. Like, he's, he's had these jeans for 20 years. Yeah. He cut them off. Um, he's got a mullet. Uh, he's in a pontoon that he rented from the MWR on the Army Post. <laughs> <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> Sounds like a fun guy. He's a super fun guy. I mean, if he hadn't tried to take your planer board, I'd probably have a beer with him. I definitely had a case of Natty Light on the boat. That makes me like him even oh, more. Yeah. I'm oh, a yeah. Bush Light guy, but oh, I'm okay. drinking Natty Light. No ice, pinch. though. Uh, oh, no. No ice. No, it was warm. Seat. Yeah, it was warm. I have a buddy whose brother drinks PBR room temperature only. 
Oh, that is some skunky stuff. Oh, it's so, I don't drink PBR. So, I don't think I'll drink it if it was free. What? No. Some, if I handed you a PBR, you'd be like, no, nah, dude. Not even for like nostalgia. No. Well, it doesn't even have nostalgia anymore because like, like I oh, is it like a ski- thing now? Yeah, like oh, it's like the in thing for dudes who wear like skinny jeans and oh, really stuff. Nope. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> that makes it worse. <laughs> Agreed. But if somebody handed me one, I'd still drink it. <laughs> even if it's- I say free beer is good beer, but I don't. not PBR. Mm-mm. It tastes like toilet water. What, it, it what is nasty? Yeah. What do you drink then? I mean, I drink Coors Light. That's not even all that much different. It's a light beer. <laughs> Comes from but, the Rockies, though. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I did my time in Colorado. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I had Coors Banquet the other day. And Coors I had, Banquet's good. Yeah, yeah. it was pretty yeah, good. Not I'm not a huge Coors Light fan. I'll drink it if it's free, you know, if somebody sits it in front of me. But I had that Coors Banquet. I'm like, down here, it's hard to find Bush Light. I don't I, think I, they sell it. I found it. Did you? Yeah, two days ago. Just it's random. A single gas station, probably. Probably they had a beer cave. You walk, okay, yeah, yeah. So they ha- they have a little more variety. In or is it? Like you that. said bush light, right? Bush light, yeah. Bush okay. heavy. There's bush heavy everywhere. I ain't never heard of that. I've never heard of bush heavy. Well, I mean, it, I call it bush heavy. It's just bush. Oh, okay. Without no, the light, I've never seen heavy. I've never seen the heavy one. <laughs> you ever you you ever call like Bud Bud Light or not Bud Light, but Budweiser Bud Diesel uh-uh. or Bud Heavy? No, that's I don't what, like that either. That's what we call it. I'm not a fan. It's like you're drinking no. a horse uh, piss. Or or a, a loaf of bread. It's like a loaf of bread yeah, in a can. Just, it is pretty heavy. Yeah. No, I'm good. I don't like it. No, but you're saying about from, uh, the bass fishing, dude? Yeah, so bass fishing. I'm out dragging. Mind my own business. I don't know if I was tournament fishing or out there Would by myself. Would you refer to this guy as a douchey bass fisherman? Yes. Okay. There's a difference. Absolutely. Um, I had seen him earlier in the day. Yeah. Drive by me at Mach 12. And... um. It's only one speed in a bass boat. And that's all of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, he had flew by me earlier, you know, waked me. Right after he threw, threw his crankbait three times at the tree and left. Mm-hmm. And I guess he came back to revisit the general area, you know, mm-hmm. once I've drug past it. And um, this time he comes by and just outside board takes it. Like, oh. he, like he didn't see it? I don't know. Did he run the board over the line? The board, line. He took everything. It. I don't have it. It's gone. It's just gone. I don't know if it's part of his boat. All my line off my reel is gone. He didn't, did he even slow down like he noticed anything? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I opened the spool because I saw him coming, and I, saw, I stood up, opened the spool mm-hmm. as soon as he hit. And it took my line, and that spool was spinning so fast. Yeah. Like it just sound like a turbo spooling up. Well, yeah. The About, whole oh, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's no line on it. Like all the lines, this is after the line's gone. Oh, right. That's what it sounded like. Oh, it's still spinning. Still spinning. Like even the after level you the line. Just going this. <laughs> yeah. <It's> just... <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure well, it's all in this prop somewhere. I'm sure you found it. Does it the... function? Oh, yeah. Does the reel even function anymore? Um, I have to send it off to get fixed. But you still got it? I still got and it. And you think it's fixable? Oh, it's fixed. It's fixed now. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I had to send it off to get fixed. Gotcha. Slowing down is the like, but that's the worst when they... If they see you and they slow down, and then they just make twice as much weight. Right, but you can slow down and be on plane. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, then yeah. you don't make that big wake. But right. Yeah, if you or just, just be further it. away and realize you still don't get rocked, but you're not, you know. There's this huge lake. Huge. Huge lake. And you have to 
drive 50 feet 50 feet away that is ironic that you bring that part up because when i was out the other day we were fishing this ledge that that's real tight to shore Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. and we were right on that transition from about that 42 40 40 44 foot range ish right there and that's what 50 to 70 yards off the bank and then you have a mile of the rest of the lake Yep. And I was just telling my buddy how the last time I was down here, there was this 21-foot yellow and black fiberglass with a yellow and black uh, Yamaha on the back, and it growled, man, like 300-horse Yamaha on the back. And the dude's going like 70, 75. Oh, they're cooking. And he cut between us and the bank, and my buddy was all pissed off, like, why do you have to do that? And literally on cue, a bass boat cuts between yep. us and the bank. <laughs> yep. <laughs> It, it never fails. Yep. It never fails. Take the closest route. All yeah. right. I'm being hard on bass fishermen right now, but <laughs> I just want to clear the air. We are not being hard on bass fishermen. Uh-uh. We are being hard on the dudes who bass fish who do this crap. Yes. Not everybody who bass fishes does this stuff. And if you no. don't and you're listening to this, I appreciate you. And I hope you continue to be like that. <laughs> Spread the word. Yeah. There's a lot of lake out there. You don't have to go right next to me. Correct. The worst is when you're in a kayak, though. I, I drifted that ledge in a kayak last time I was down here. And I paddled three and a half miles to get there. You know, like it's a pretty good paddle. Good exercise. But by the time you get there, you just want to fish. And there was two or three bass boats that did not miss me by a whole lot. Like to the mm. point where I had to stand up in my kayak and like wave at him, like, "Hey, I'm here," you know. And it probably still took him a couple seconds to realize yeah. that someone was standing there, yeah, waving. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I, if I see a, if because I, I see kayaks on the on the river a lot, and if I see him, I stay so far away from him because mm-hmm. I would, I just put myself in their shoes, and I would not. It'd be tough enough for me to get into a kayak and yeah. keep it above the water. So the last one I was in, I flipped it. Yeah, I mean, trying to I get would. in it. Yeah, trying to get in it. That's yeah. the when you flip it, though. <laughs> like once you're in it, you're good. But yeah, getting into it. That's when I you're would hate it. for me to be the guy that went past them and then that you know, not only they can't fish, but now they're in the water. Yeah, like oh, it'd be terrible. All right, the point of conflict that I'm looking to address. Do you? We can talk about this individually. How do you feel about rod racks? Do you need them? Do you not need them? Do you prefer them? Do you not prefer them? What do you like about them? What do you possibly dislike about them? I think in the catfishing world, rod racks needed. Mm-hmm. Needed. 100%. So, must. Must. Brad says yeah. must. Now, are we going. I say they're not a must. Now, are you going a rod rack or a cat rack? Are you <laughs> differentiating between the two? Because well, I even have, like, I don't like cat racks. You have I the splitter. Like... That's what I call it, split rod rack. I I classify them as full rod racks that go all the way across the back of the boat no. or split no, split like ones. I had that when I got my boat and I took it off. I don't like the full I don't like the cat racks, the ones that go all the way across. Why? You you waste half your deck. That and if you just hook into something big and you cannot get it to the side of the boat because it just don't want to go there. You have to like climb over that thing. You have to climb over it and try to net it at the back of your boat. Yeah. Yeah. It's already a sketchy area because you got prop. You got everything to, you know, cut your line. So, yeah. Yeah. The last thing you want to know is kind of fight over a rod rack. Sure. Yeah. My, my deal with them, even the split ones, is I don't like the room they take up in the back. And then I don't like how you have to step up on the back deck to get to the rod. It's not that big of a deal out here when you're trolling and you're on this big body water, but when you're anchored and especially in places with tight structure and you don't want your lines to move at all once you're, that's why I hate boat sway. Sway. And most of the time 
when I'm flathead fishing, if I can help it, I'm either tied off to something solid like a log or I have the front of my boat nosed up on the bank because most of these places are um, fishing a lot of current breaks that are created either by structure close to the bank or the bank itself. So to nose my boat up on the front of the bank, it's not only put you in a good position to be able to spread baits out in that area, but then your boat doesn't sway and move. And if I have to step up on the back deck or if I have clients who'd have to step up on the back deck, they could fall, which mm-hmm. would not be good. And then they would also cause the boat to shake more, dragging your lines around. Okay. And lots of times you have baits right next to a log. And if you move them six inches, you're snagged. Okay. So so it's not that... So yours seems more like a boat dependent. That, like it's specific to your boat. You wouldn't want that. In the way well, you is, fish. Isn't everybody's boat like that, though? You set it up for the way you fish. Right. Yeah. So I would say the way that we fish, I mean, I couldn't, I guess you could have a bunch of rod holders just How mounted many, to the back. I mean, I see boats that have that. Yeah. That have the individual, but I don't know. I, I don't know. If you saw my boat, you'd see one. One more. I have three rod holders on the starboard side in the back and three on the port and then i have one on on each side in the front so i have eight rod holders on my boat i have we're we're counting now <laughs> let's see four, four i've got 12 but not in the back i've 12. got i got 14 i got 10 14, 10 14 in the back. rods on the boat 14 rod holders i got 10 in the back i counted eight is there eight Three on three on each split rack, and then one on each side of that on the rail. So there's two closer to the driver and skipper seat. Okay. Yeah, there's there's one on each side. Gotcha. So there's suspend rods though. Yeah. I'm not putting them out the back. Yeah. So that way I can spread everything out if I'm drifting. But you I've only got, run six rods anyway. For anchor. <laughs> for anchor. Yep. And for dragging most of the time. That was a point of uh, contingency <laughs> yesterday. I run eight. <laughs> yeah, you run eight. What's yesterday? The, I fished ten. Did you? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. By myself. Yeah, you, what happened, though? Half of them are broken. <laughs> How are they broken? Well, it's not broken because I was fishing a huge pile of structure. Okay. And um, so I know I'm throwing my bait into something. I might not get it back when it's time to reel it in. Right. And uh, I'm being lazy and not anchoring in the current. So I'm just using spot lock. Mm-hmm. That's not lazy. That's efficient. It is efficient. <laughs> it is efficient. Well, it's not efficient when you know your batteries are weak. That's oh. the key. Yeah. <laughs> that that yeah. would be a kicker. And yeah. his buddy just went through this a week ago. <laughs> and that's why you have lithiums now. That is why I have lithiums now. <laughs> and um, I just so happened to look up at my remote, and I was like, man, my trolling mode's running down 10. Ooh. And as I look back, I see slack all in my lines. Because like, you're man. sliding down. Mm-hmm. And um, next thing you know, it's beep, beep, beep. And the boat just turns sideways and starts floating down the river. Ugh. So now I got 10 rods. I'm by myself. And I'm trying to not get them tangled up in my prop right. as the boat's turning around. Right. And so they're just getting caught in whatever I threw it in. Yep. And so I'm trying to crank some in to get them off the bottom. Some of them are getting hung. Lines just rolling out of them. I'm just <laughs> yep. grabbing them, tightening the drag, and just popping them. Just popping them. <laughs> and I just left them all broke. <laughs> yep. Do you think uh, having fewer rods out would have even made that much of a difference? Like six versus ten, you still had some that you would have butchered. I probably would have had some that would have still butchered. But did you break rods or just break? No, line? I just broke through lines. Oh, that's but, a big deal. You were yeah. going to break lines anyway because yeah. you were fishing. I knew. Was, yeah, but, yeah. 
It's just a you would have you know, saved more though. I would have saved more. Yeah. Have you have you, either of you ever done suspend drifting? Mm-hmm. Yes. Like in in the river. Mm-hmm. I haven't done it in the. Yeah, you have. River. Oh yeah, I have. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. You're yeah. hanging like 20 ounce weights off the side of the boat. Yeah, I don't drink that much. 10 or 12. Yeah. That's yeah. You. So when you're on the Missouri or the Mississippi, you're dragging like. 18 oh, yeah. to 32 ounces and most of the time it's like 24 or 32 the yeah. rod is already like this oh yeah it's it's but that's how i heard i'm not a mississippi River fisherman i've been down there i fished it a couple times but i heard that's what you want it to do you do you have to fish hit yeah well you get that negative bite yeah. oh okay yeah there's no reason 24 ounces your rod should ever come up no and so that's one thing i learned for some of the guys that's down there that I guess they call it dead sticking. Yeah, they okay. call them dead sticking. Dead sticking. Yeah. Okay. And they'll have it bowed over already on the slow. Huh. I, I mean, I was down there and I saw it happen. I was like, man, why does it do fishing with his rod aren't but loaded up? You know, like, right. it's going to, you know, I feel like you're not going to hook up as. You wouldn't think that you would because yeah. you need that tension mm-hmm. to hook and up. And it's already gone. It's like, what is he? But if they're taking at that it point, off, you might there's well just... still more left in the rod. Yeah, it's like, still more. Yeah. You got 24 ounces hanging over and your rod's bowed up, but it can still load up even more. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But then you have that negative bite because they'll hit it. They'll come. They'll be hiding behind those little sand dunes and they'll they zip up it. and grab it. And, and the rod goes up. Yeah, the, the bow comes out and your rod's straight. It's weird to look at it. You're like, oh, that thing, what, what's going on? Because it doesn't yeah. register as a bite at bite. first. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, oh, yeah, I should probably reel down on that fish. But what I was getting at is when you snag one of those rods, when you're going two, two and a half oh. miles an hour down current, you better not have your drag locked down. I've seen, I've, I haven't broke a rod, but there's been a couple times where I was freaking out because I mm-hmm. thought a rod was going to snap. I would think a rod's going to snap or the rod holder's going to snap. I had that happen on a fish, actually. Not snap, that. but it bent, that eight-inch stem bent right over the rail. It folded it, or it, folded. it was, it was the, the mount slipped. No, yeah. no. So the eight inch, so the one on the back, that's uh-huh. actually a replacement that I had on the on the left side. So <laughs> I was drifting while I was dragging, and I always put out two suspend rods whenever I'm dragging. Sure, and those are the favorite. Those are my favorite ones to see hit. Too, oh, I love it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love it. And this and this fish, I mean, it was straight, and then it just hammered down. And when it hammered down. The rod stem, it's an 8-inch stem, it bent over my rail, like creased it and bent the stem over. Yeah. So the rod started to go in the water. All I could do all I could do was grab the rod before it went in the water and lost the fish. But, yeah, I had to send a picture and, like, hey, I had a stem bend. You know, that manufacturer sent me another one. It wasn't yeah. a problem. But, um, but yeah, it was, it was nuts. <laughs> I sent them a picture, and they're like, no way. I'm like, yeah, way. That's hard to imagine. Well, and when you think about people talk about that stuff happening, but I always think of what the weakest link is. Most dudes are using 30, 40, 50, 60 pound line, which 50, 60 pound line is pretty heavy. Yeah. But you're talking about that compared to steel. Steel. And I'm like, okay, sure, your line didn't break before the stem folded down. I feel like there's got to be something that had to be damaged in some yeah, capacity before absolutely. that. Yeah. yeah, no, and, and that's the thing. Like, People would say, oh, I would, you know, I would never put that person on that company on blast because then people would make an assumption, oh, it's a bad. No, they make millions of these things. There's got to be a weak point somewhere. Somewhere. Well, who's to say it's even a manufacturing weak point? What if somebody like leaned on it and bent it just a little bit and got it started going that direction? Correct. You never know. So all it needs is a little bit of leverage. Just a little bit. That's it. Or when people talk about, oh, that rod's a piece of shit because it broke. Well, 
unbeknownst that to you, you didn't realize when you threw it in the bed of your pickup truck, maybe you threw it on a rock or something right. pointy, and then there was a crack in the blank that you didn't notice. And Correct. Then when you hook that big fish or you snag up and you're pulling on the snag, yeah. well, that crack leads to the whole rod breaking. Yeah. yeah. And when you're when you're doing this type of fishing and you have you have you know if you catch a hundred trophy cat or a trophy class fish in in a season, I mean that's a lot of pressure on a rod. But that's minimal compared to like throwing in a rod locker, having rods tips bent up all wonky yeah, because yeah, they're yeah. wrapped around each yeah. other. Yeah, they go through it. crap. Yeah. They go through tons of crap. Gonna, I don't take the best care of my rods. No, I don't either. I like don't. When, and when who it breaks, does? Like, yeah. Who does? I mean, I know yeah. people that you know that that babies there. Like the minute oh, yeah. I get my rod, and the sleeve comes off, the sleeve probably don't go back on that. Thing. No, it doesn't. Not on mine. I, I have the sleeves. Yeah, in a box in the closet somewhere in the house. Right. But See, that's something I've been trying to do better at because I get tired of trying to untangle them when they're in the rod locker all the time. So, oh, yeah. what I learned. From a bass fisherman. Oh. Not a douchebag one, but not a, a good was, one. He good taught one. you something. Yeah. Okay. Something. Was that if you take your rods, when you go to put them in a locker or anything like that, when you store them together. Yeah. <coughs> if you just grab your line and pinch it, grab your rod and just spin your rod and let it get caught behind one of the eyes. Okay. Your rods won't get tangled. Really? Yep. And then you don't have to worry about putting a sleeve on them. Nope. The longest 15 seconds so like, of your life. When you're, you know, so, when you're putting rods in there, you know, you got rod going in between your lines. Yeah. And that's how they get tangled up. Yeah. But if you twirl, twirl it all up, it pinches that line up against your the rod. That makes so much sense. So that's sense. why you did that. I noticed you, did that you see with your skipjack rods. I was, all like, twisted? I was yeah. like, what is he doing? Yeah. And that's now why I know. Okay. I have, I have the skipjack rods with Sabiki rigs. To me, there's like no way. So if you take those, all right, teach me some. More yeah, stuff. teach me some wisdom. If you take here those and you put the hooks that's near the eyes, mm-hmm. or if you take the hook and wrap it, go ahead, wrap it around your um, rod, and oh, connect okay. it back to the line. I can see that, and then twirl it. Okay, and it grabs the Gosh. hook and just lays it against the rod. So the blank. You're a freaking genius. It's brilliance. Or you just pay attention to other people. I don't apparently. Well, I just <laughs> I always. Like I just said, I always rack my rods. Mm-hmm. Well, not my catfish one, because I never really put them in a the locker. I just, once I'm done fishing, I lay them in the boat floor. That's kind of just where they hang out at. Yeah, you've seen my boat. I, I, everything has a place. Yeah. I mean, so, I have a rod locker, but. Yeah. yeah. What, do you put in the, what do you put in the rod locker if you don't put rods in it? Uh, my enclosure pieces. <laughs> Player boards. That's handy, so you can actually. <laughs> touche, sir. Touche. <laughs> Well, what's your thing? Because you don't have any rods in a rod locker. Nope. Tackle, uh, safety equipment, and a whole lot of nothing. <laughs> so I think so enclosure no... pieces could fit. Exactly. Yeah, good point. Yeah, because right now they're in an old tough box. Folded uh, up. Folded up out in the yeah, garage. Yeah, like no. Could have rat poop on them. They've been put on once. <laughs> when once. you got the boat to figure out how to do it. Yep, 100%. <laughs> and it was snowing. So we used them that day, and I never used it again. I said, man, this is just so much work. All five minutes of it. I never did it again. Yeah, But I, I will. Uh, I've, I've set up if a few enclosures. If it's cold, I'm using it. Well, my enclosure been on my boat since last Tuesday. You can't drive with it, though. Yes, I do. Oh, can you? Yeah. Okay. I don't know if ours you can with the Bimini up. Uh, Should have bought them Sea Arc. Yeah, well, you know, there's that. <laughs> there's that. <laughs> so... <laughs> what do you what do you guys think about rattles on catfish baits? 
Um, I put them on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The minute it slaps the bar on the floor of the boat, they fall off. Or if a fish smacks it, they mm-hmm. break. Yeah. And I just leave it off. Like, I'm not like, oh my gosh, I don't have a rattle in there. Let me change that rig out. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know if it per se catches more fish. Mm-hmm. I love how you're like tiptoeing around this. Like you're worried about what we might think. No, like it's just, I'm not sold on them. Yeah. I have them. I yeah. use them. I just bought more. Just in case they make a difference. But I don't I don't think they make a difference. Gotcha. What do you think, Brad? I like to believe that they do. Do you like to believe because you spent money on them so you don't want to feel like you wasted money? Correct. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Well, part of it, right? But, I mean, part of it also is I like to study. I like to think about the science of things. And and everybody says they're they're scent and vibration creatures, right? So that thing's got to be down there. And in situations that we fish, they're creating some sort of vibration that will attract some sort of noise or some sort of creature to it. Um, Hopefully it's catfish, you know, and not a gar. Um, And I like to believe that they work. I know that some of the rattles that I use don't do what they're intended to do only because of the size bait I I throw. Um, But I like to believe that they still make some noise and it brings something to it. I'm not sold on color. I don't think color matters. I think the vibration Yeah, I don't think color matters, but I just still don't think rattles make a difference. I know for a fact that my top five fish dragging. Do you think they scare away fish? Was no, that's no what rattle. I was going to lead into next is, you know, vibrate. Some vibrations will pull fish in, but some absolutely scare them away. Right. So like, that's what I said. I'm 50, 50 on it. Cause yeah. I mean, what if the fish just aren't biting today? Right. I'm not going to be the person that's going to take all my rattles off. Like, yeah, it's the rattles. Yeah, I'm not going to do that. And then try to drag the same area just to, you know, try yeah. to, you know, make you a, you know, a tally sheet of, well, yeah, I drug the same area with, with and without, with and without, in the same day. You know, conditions really didn't change other than time. See, yeah, I'm the see guy who keeps happen. track of stuff. Okay, so. yeah. Um, one thing, so the where I pay the most attention, keep track of the most details, is flatheads. Like channel cats, yeah. Sometimes they seem to help. Sometimes they don't seem to matter. The one that stuck out to me was um, the Whisker Seekers version, uh, or the Ultra Chub is what they call it. It's that Zara Spook looking rattle. Yep. That seemed to play out really well for channel cats this summer. Really? Yeah. And, okay. And I only had one of them out, and there was a handful of days where you'd catch like you know a dozen fish, and five or six of them came on that one rod with that that rattle on. Yeah. Channel cats are not blues, and definitely not flatheads. Flatheads, all data has been inconclusive except pre-spawn. Okay. When flatheads are tuned up, the rattles seem to catch like three to two. It's not. Hmm. amazingly different and maybe you would have caught those fish anyway but maybe it's the difference between catching five and catching four okay is the stuff i've noticed at post spawn once they've chilled out they're doing their normal thing whatever um it doesn't seem as big of a deal we have an intruder or not intruder (laughs) (laughs) i think i was in the way oh you're throwing your stuff away dude yeah nice he's he's a good kid 
Oh, I'm glad he was throwing his stuff away. Now. Yeah, right. Oh, this is a reason to throw my wrappers on the floor and forget about them. <laughs> Dad's doing something. Well, we'll yeah. just toss it on the floor. Well what, trained. What's your son's name? Deacon. All right, so Deacon swung by. Was throwing his cheese it cheese it containers away. The other one is Maximus, and he is uh, he's going to town on somebody upstairs on a game somewhere. <laughs> so five years old, probably talking trash. Learn from the best. Yeah, I guess so. No, but that's what I've noticed about the whole rattle thing. Okay. Yeah. I, you know, I, and I don't fish for blue cats enough to know. Blues, I, when I'm out there and I'm dragging out, I've always got rattles on. I don't ever have one that doesn't have a rattle, so I would have no data mm-hmm. to show otherwise. I know people that have thrown them out there with no rattles, and they have caught fish. I personally believe that it has more to do with bait and the scent from that than it does anything. I think so. I mean, that's. I think if you had if you had a line out there with fresh bait and no rattle, that thing would probably catch more fish than one with frozen bait and a rattle. Sure, yeah, that's a good I would, way of looking at it. I would buy that a million days out of the <laughs> out of the year. Well, what if? See, my big thing with fishing is yes, I would agree that the fresh versus frozen is, yeah. is better. But I look at percentages, 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 and yeah. if a certain situation, this rattle. It increases my catch rate by 10%, and I know when to appropriately apply that. That How many more fish does that equal over the course of a whole season? Oh, yeah. Or how many times have you fished a tournament and lost by 8 ounces, where if you would have caught one more fish, maybe it would have been that one to get you over that hump. Maybe it wouldn't have been, but if you get that one more fish, that's the difference maker between cash and check and not. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. But the only way to know for sure is to keep track. And that's the thing. Like, and that's Yeah, I don't. Until I keep track on, skip track. Well, you're keeping track on, like, we're doing data on, on a lake down here. Well, yeah, we are. I'm just saying, but, like, far as, like, for my personal preference, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I keep track of, like, I do keep when track do I start right? catching skipjack yes. at this time, at this location. Conditions, current, current you know, water maybe. temperature, no. yeah. Well, if you oh, want yeah. to talk about bang for your buck, I think fresh bait's king. So if you're going to pay attention to anything, yeah. that's going to be your best investment of time to track things without a doubt. Absolutely. Yeah, that's, yeah. I go back in photos, pictures, and look, and I can tell you exactly where I was fishing at. Yep. You know, and but like catfish, I'm like, yeah. They're everywhere. Yeah. They are. They're everywhere. I, I, know mean, where to, I know where to be at, where I need to be at, where I think I need to be at at a certain time of the year. Yeah. What depth I need to target at a certain time of the year. Uh, I mean, fish. even though we didn't have a great day yesterday, I definitely learned some stuff that I will apply in the future. If I come down oh, here... Yeah. When the water's cold and it's up and rolling like it is, I'm not going to be on the river. No. You know, I'm going to look for deeper, slower-moving water, which is interesting because that pattern translates to, like, big waterways. Mm -hmm. You know, like the Mississippi, Missouri, those giant ones where when the water's cold, you want to be close to current, but you don't want to be in the fast, ripping stuff. And that's where you find where I found most of my fish there. Well, I wasn't sure I would play out here, but we fished the ripping stuff. Didn't do so hot, but Mm-mm. then your buddy was down there in the slower stuff and caught some fish. Yeah, and it's funny because he was down there in slower stuff um, in shallower water catching fish. And then on the other end of the body of water, um, uh, my other buddy was catching fish in faster stuff um, in timber, right? So mm-hmm. in 30 foot of water. So it really is 
area dependent. It's area dependent. It's lake dependent. It is. But that's based on habitat availability. You know, correct. In in those big rivers that I'm talking about, there is deeper, slower moving water available. Yeah. Here in the river stretches where the current's ripping, if those fish are up there, they're going to look for anything they can in colder water to reduce how much they have to fight the current. And maybe that's wood structure. Right. And maybe they didn't have shallow or slower moving water available within a proximity that they could get to. Correct. So they were stuck. Yeah. They they went with the next best thing. Right. To hide. Yeah. Yep. And that that is, uh, like yesterday, we probably should have been closer to the bank in you know, in timber the whole day because they were in that slower moving water. Mm -hmm. That's just where they were. So, uh, we tried to, you know, hit some faster stuff and get them behind rock piles and stuff and just didn't work out. So, but now next time, now, you know, now I know, now, you know, now I can apply that next time and shorten the searching curve, right? Spend more time with baits in productive water or at least more productive water. Or just get better bait. It could have been that too. We could have had some crappy bait, you know. Frozen doesn't always catch fish. It doesn't always catch. I think frozen's best when you're dragging. Why? I've never heard that before. I I don't I understand the because logic. I think I don't a lot of dragging is reaction bite. Yeah. Okay. So if you throw a frozen bait, you know it's kind of. But what makes that better than fresh? Or is it? Well, just I'm not saying good. I'm just saying I'm not saying it's better than fresh. I'm yeah. saying frozen bait is better used in a dragging application oh, okay. versus an anchor. Oh, okay. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. It's my opinion though. Yeah. I don't Cause dragging, like I, said, I don't keep data. Mm-hmm. It's just, well, you keep data. It's just anecdotal. You just yeah. don't write it down. You know, that's, <laughs> that's still data. When you're dragging, you're going up river. They're almost all reaction bites. Yeah. I mean, if you were going down river, it's less reaction and they can get ready for it. I try not to drag down river. I don't do that. See, and I was wondering that the other day because I was going up into the current. I'm like, that's got to look really unnatural having this dead chunk of bait going up river. Yep. And then as I was looking, I was editing some of the footage before I came over here. I was looking at, so we'd fished for three hours and hadn't got a bite. And I walk over to the fish finder and I'm like pulling up the map like, oh, where do we go next? This, (laughs) This sucks. And then all of a sudden rod just gets roasted and uh, all chaos ensues and we put the fish in the boat and i'm like guess we'll stay here for a little bit <laughs> <laughs> that one bite is all, all it, it takes, takes. yep well then, then we got dragging. we got one just a little bit bigger than that 15 minutes later yeah yeah and it's sometimes you go through a stretch like that yeah like um what's today it's sunday mm-hmm. so i was out friday I was out Thursday, Wednesday. Yeah, you were out all week? All week. Yeah. And um, I think it was Thursday or Friday. I had marked a lot of fish. I sat there and I anchored on them. Mm-hmm. Would not bite. Not the first nibble. Nothing. Real baits in. You only see nothing pecked at or mm-hmm. nothing. I was like, man. But you know they're down there. I know they're down there. Right. And so what I do, drive down below them, throw them under water, start dragging. Yep. Drug through there. This was before your trolling motor batteries went out. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Drug through there and picked up three fish. Like, boom, boom, boom. Right. It was that quick. So you just so had, like, was it a reaction bite? Maybe it was, it was a proximity thing. Maybe they that. didn't want to move for it, and then you brought it right by them, and yeah. those are the ones they ate. Yeah. So it was like, I mean, I don't know what to take out of it other than, because I, I yeah. did the same thing Saturday. First thing. Saturday morning, went down there, marked them. I was like, you know what? I'm going to try to anchor on them. Right. Again, sat there. Nothing. Drug through them. Nothing. 
and then docked them, did the same thing. They went and marked them, yeah. sat on them, nothing. And so that's when I said, forget it. And I drove up to the dam and sat there, and then my troll motor died. <laughs> <laughs> so I think all you can do is take it for, like, face value. Yeah. You know, like, okay, it worked this time. It didn't work this time. But the fact that it works just means it's worth a try, try. at yeah. times, you know. Well, I think the fishery that we're on, most like, in 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 the spring to fall, when you're dragging – I think you drag over hundreds of, you know, trophy class fish. I can guarantee I did the other day because I was looking at the fish finder the whole time, like beating my head against the wall. Why won't you eat it? Yeah. So, and I've heard a lot of people say, like they're scanning and they're looking at, like, you know, you like you, some people scan a stretch before they fish a stretch. Right. You know, I don't. I don't either. Like we did all day yesterday. No, 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 no. no. Well, in the winter, yes. In the winter, I will. Yeah, I'll scan a stretch because I need to know if they're in there. But most of the time, spring, summer, fall, the pattern is a lot easier to dictate using the current where they're going to be at. I can tell you, yeah. they're going to be close to a ledge, and one of the lakes that I fish on, they are always in the channel. No matter where in the channel, they're always in the channel. Mm-hmm. So. You don't have to scan it. All you have to do is make sure there's not debris in front of you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like that stupid eelgrass yes. stuff. Yep. If you if you scan and make sure there's not eelgrass in front of you, you're good. And just drag that thing. And nine times out of ten, yeah. you'll catch some fish. One of our planer boards the other day looked like a freaking Christmas tree. By the time oh, we right yeah. Oh, it. Yeah. oh, yeah. Wait until summer. <laughs> Gets even worse during the summer. Football field. Oh, it's good right now. Oh, it's fine. Okay. Excellent. Well, I'd never seen it before, but also when I'd been here, there hadn't hardly been any current either. Right. And we've been on the big lake, not on the river stretch, so. When there's no current is when it's the worst because it'll get there and it'll just stay there. We we saw, we didn't hardly see any of that eelgrass. We saw tons of mayfly, like, exoskeletons because when they they molt and become adults. Mm Mm-hmm. And we saw football field sizes of floating mayfly exoskeletons. It's a good place to fish. Yeah, that's where we fished. <laughs> yeah, it's a good place to fish. It's the only place we could find fish, too. That's ironic you say that. Yep. That's a really good place to fish. That's one of the indicators that I know a lot of guys use is the mayflies and the, the dead mayflies in the water. Mm-hmm. So, I think it's just attract a lot of bait fish. That's exactly, yeah. It'll well, attract the, bait fish. The graph was loaded. That was the first thing. I'm like, holy shit. There but is when you scan in an area... Do you, is everything a catfish to you? No, absolutely not. I wonder. I wonder a lot. I mean, because sometimes you go through there and you're just marking and right, marking right. and marking. And they're big marks. Yeah. But what are they? Well, so 50, that's the thing. 50-pound buffalo. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the thing. When I'm, when, I'm marking, when I'm marking a stretch, I'm just looking for fish, any fish. Yeah. I, don't, I just want marks. So if there's fish there, there's going to be catfish there. I'm not going to name any names, but I know people. That they were like, oh, they're not catfish, and they just won't fish it. Oh no, that's really that's dumb. They're like, oh, there's not catfish. That's interesting. I'm just like, so (laughs) I've drugged this area numerous of times. I have caught catfish, and haven't caught anything else. Do they say why they think they're not catfish? Just the way the marks look, like they're they're yellow and red, so they're probably scaled fish. Yeah, they're that's a hard turn. That's probably a scaly fish. I'm like. Yeah, you know how many times I caught a skelly fish? None. So they're catfish. Yeah. <laughs> do, you, just, do you have stripers down here? Yes. Yeah. Like big dogs? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I'm sure what I was marking in that first spot, there's probably were several of them were stripers. Yeah, it probably was. Yeah. So my, my biggest thing, though, I've never caught 
one on this river. I have an eye. Well, I have, but bank fishing. Bank fish. I've already caught them like up there skipjack fishing. Or exactly. Something. I'm talking about like the the big ones. No, no. And so like, I've been on boats and people are like, oh, those are striper. Those are striper. Those are striper. And I'm just like, I've never caught one. No. So like, are they all striper? There's no way I've drug past for the last Thousand four years stripers. and have yet to catch one of them. Because they will gladly mow down a chunk of skipjack. Oh, yeah. 100%. The biggest striper I ever caught was suspend drifting, and he loved that chunk of skipjack. Skip yeah. yeah. They will eat it just like a catfish will. Oh, yeah. And my thing is, like, I've never caught one. Yeah. That's so, why I had to ask, because I hadn't heard of dudes catching them. We hadn't caught any down here. It's not that I live down here, and, but I've been on this water nine nine days now and have never caught one, so I was curious. Yeah. Oh, yeah, there's big ones, real big ones. 40, 50 pounders. Yeah. I I want to catch one of those real bad. <laughs> the biggest one I got was 25, and he whooped my ass. And so to imagine a 50-pounder, yeah. that would be awesome. Yeah, I think I caught like a 15-pounder on a skipjack rig. That oh, was fun. Yeah, say he put you through your paces. Yeah, <laughs> it was fun. I was like, this is not a skipjack. Yeah. Or it's like 10 of them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> What's the most skipjack you've landed at one time? Seven. Seven? Four. Oh, I've three <laughs> <laughs> i had four on the line one time and or five i think on one time and only got three in the boat yeah his sabiki though that he uses is got what eight hooks and a trailer eight hooks. eight hooks and i have a trailer yeah i think the ones i've been throwing have eight on them too yeah you get them the prepackaged ones yeah yeah yeah, yeah. same deal they're long super long yeah sometimes i cut the i cut the hook off and retie the swivel to it. Yeah, it's just too long to yeah to cast. I cut where you, mine you know, down. and be accurate where you want to cast it at. Exactly, because sometimes. sometimes that's that's what matters. Yeah, I've been up there. You know, at the dams, you've been up there. Yep, you be a boat here and a boat there, and they're not catching one, anything. Yeah, they're not catching anything, and you're loading up. Yeah, yeah. I have a confession to make that the times I've gotten on a really hot skipjack bite. It was hard for me to leave to go catfishing because yes. I was having yes. so much fun. Yeah. So fun. <laughs> yeah, we have a white bass. Like you guys have white bass yeah. down here, mm-hmm. and in the spring we have a. They'll run up these little dinky creeks, and then they'll get stuck um, at like riffles and stuff, or mm. small dams, or thing. Or you fish them at creek miles when they're getting ready to head up, and it can be literally every cast. And when I've gotten on a good skipjack bite, I'm like, this is. Like white bass run, but better. Oh, yeah. Because you're catching, you know, one to three at a time. Yep. And, or you'll have the whole Sabiki rig loaded up, and they'll all be jumping different directions yep. and stuff. It's freaking awesome. They're little tarpons yeah, jumping yeah. up out of the water. Oh, it's a lot of fun. Tennessee tarpons. Tennessee tarpons, <laughs> yep. No, they're fun. All right, switch it up just a little bit because I'm curious. Um, when you are on the water, either in a boat or on the bank or whatever, just on the water in some capacity, what's something you don't go without? Flashlight. That was quick. Why? I, Did you have a bad experience where you didn't have a flashlight? No, I just always prepare for the worst. Yeah, and I'd rather have a flashlight than anything. Yeah, that's solid. So I don't care if it's I don't care if I'm going fishing at eight o'clock in the morning. It's daylight outside. I have a flashlight either in the boat mm-hmm. or in the truck. Okay, at all times. At all times. At all times. Uh, whew, I don't know. I don't think there is a thing. I mean, my glasses, because I'm blind. <laughs> that but, would be important. But that's about it. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't have anything that's, like, specific. Everything's already on the boat that I need, except for my enclosure, clearly. 
but <laughs> <laughs> my my obvious one is TP. Never leave without TP, and I've had it happen oh, a few times where okay. you're like, okay. Glad I have an extra towel. (laughs) That's gone. But the one that's not so obvious that I always bring, and every time I, well, I say always, when I forget it, I regret it, is uh, an extra layer. Always bring like an extra layer of clothing because there's a handful of times where, handful, where, uh, or more, where you don't have the extra layer and you're sitting there thinking, if I had one more sweatshirt, this would be a lot more enjoyable to be out here. Or if you have an enclosure. I know what it is. What my bait rag that's always clipped to mine. What's the, if if you, if I show up somewhere, what do I always have? Yeah, you that do bait, always have a rag. Hanging. Always have that rag hanging. That's See, it. I'm wearing my bait rag when I'm out there. <laughs> <laughs> my clothes end up being gross. Whether I catch anything or not, it's like I have shad blood or slime or scales all all over my bibs or pants or whatever. Bait rag always. No, that's solid. Oh, we oh, have a guest. Hold on one second. All right, who who was at the door? Uh, that was one of the neighborhood kids was dropping, um, was dropping off a uh, a toy or something for Max that oh. knocked over it. Yeah, important business. Yeah, it was very yeah. important. <laughs> kids. All right, would you rather fish three days a month and be able to fish a tournament, or be able to fish a dozen days a month but never get to fish a tournament again? I'd rather fish a dozen times a month and never fish a tournament again. Well, what makes you choose that one? I just enjoy fishing that much that I'd rather be on the water more times than I am trying to compete. And yeah. That's just it. Considering you spent the last week on the water. water. <laughs> very, very <laughs> believable response. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. the same for me. Like, I would much rather be on the water more. Um, and forget about the tournament stuff. Yeah. Like the tournament stuff for me is just it's camaraderie, and I only go out there whenever all the all my buddies are out there. Mm-hmm. Like um, we have a good time. We do little side bets here and there, nice. and, and you know that's that's what it's about for me. It's like an extension of the army career that I left. So yeah, but with fishing people, right? But yeah. with fishing people, yeah, right. So I mean, yeah, that's. The only thing, like I had that little fruit jar, a little turn right yesterday. Yeah, it's fun. It was just, you know, it's for fun. Yeah, mm-hmm. I didn't have a partner. I was out there by myself. I was like, oh. yeah, but I would be a partner. And yeah, twelve times, twelve times a month, or or getting to fish whenever I wanted. Like with, I could just do that with my friends. Yeah. Like I don't have to have a tournament to do that. Exactly. Or with my family. Yeah, I rather just twelve times a month. That, yeah. that's where I'm at. Yeah. My my caveat with tournaments too is it's not that I don't enjoy them, but then I look at the. Hundred to one hundred and fifty dollar entry fee, and I'm like, that's a pretty good amount of gas for me to go like somewhere that I might want to go visit. That you know? it is, like like Florida, <laughs> right? <laughs> Where I'm I'm heading to tomorrow. What part? Uh, the Panhandle. The, I'm okay. gonna be fishing the Apalachicola River, uh, and they have stripers down there, which I will be trying to catch. <laughs> I have my like little homemade shad tank. Nice. Yeah, so I'm gonna be like suspend drifting a bunch of live shad and then see if you can bump blue cats down there because the water temp should be well over 50 degrees and and i don't know i'm gonna try a bunch of stuff and i don't hear about dudes fishing it very much no and we'll see what lives there there's an excellent flat population but i don't know how targetable they're going to be this time of year Mm. yeah i know nothing about down there i have no idea i mean it's a river 
You know, it's it's a, a medium-sized navigable river. It's got some jetties. It's got a lot of unaltered stretches. It's it's interesting. It's unique. I'm pretty excited about hmm. it. So you already got like a stretch of river picked out? Oh, yeah. That well, you dissect? It, it starts at the northern part up at Chattahoochee and then empties into the Gulf. Okay. And you have 70 miles of river to check out. So I got a month to check it all out. I'm going to do my best to see every inch of it. Because I'll be staying right at the mouth, and I'll be working my way up. Oh, nice. Yep, starting in two days. So is there a reason why you're going to work your way up and not work your way? Because, I, I mean, no, not really. Right. I'll probably start at the bottom just because it's close, and I just got there. Right. And then the next day, I'll probably drive all the way to the dam. Because the other side is the river's up right now. So I imagine a big percentage of those fish are going to be pushed up to the dam. Maybe not blues. But definitely all the striped fish. They got hybrid stripers and, and white bass and striped bass in there. That's one of the cool things. It's one of the only Gulf rivers that has a population of stripers. Like huh. Gulf run striped bass in it. I didn't know that. I didn't either until I started doing some research. I'm like, this is kind of a badass river. And I have huh. a place to stay down there. So I'm going Man, down can't there. can't beat that. Right. Yeah, not at all. You always have a place to stay then. You can't beat where you stay at. Yeah. You guys don't give a crap that much about spot burning for cats, but what's the deal with the bait? <laughs> so you can't, you have to be a part of fight club. Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> we don't talk about bait club. <laughs> it's just because we tournament fish. Right. So, but it's the same what? whether you're tournament fishing or not. Like bait's king. It is. Yeah, but you got, so we have around here, we have, bait dealers right which underneath those bait dealers aside from their sales fishing for them uh-huh. they have six seven maybe ten guys out fishing for them also we call them operatives so this <laughs> is getting very very tactical right now so like if they find out where you're catching skipjack from they're gonna go they're ahead. gonna send their bait dealers clean it out and clean it out gotcha i mean they're gonna be there from sun up I've Sundown. seen them do it. Yeah. It's and impressive. They filled a 20-foot John boat clear to the top, top. like yep. six coolers, and just mm-hmm. stacked them full of yep. jack. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and when you're trying to go there, because you're just you know trying to catch your 20, 30 to go you know, mm-hmm. fish for two days or so, there ain't none to be caught Right. because yep. they clean them out. That makes sense. And they go to the next spot and to the next spot and to the next spot. And there are spots that like he and I have – that one access is hard mm-hmm. Two, um we've fished there and never seen a boat fishing there gotcha. right so if you were to see a boat fishing there it would be like who said something yeah <laughs> who am i gonna have to kick who? the shit yeah. out of max <laughs> <laughs> that is true it's like it's like i saw i saw a green sea arc pulled up out front of the hole like and then you start calling who Who'd you tell? Yeah. <laughs> you better recall that. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's just, it, it's it's so hard to come by in the winter, and it's what separates winners from losers or or higher probability of, of catch rate, right? Yeah. Uh, versus, you know, frozen bait that's just not as good. So if you, and it's in the winter, it's just hard. So if you can keep that to a small group of people, and I'm sure there's a hundred Groups of people that have a hundred different skipjack spots that they keep to themselves, mm-hmm. but if you keep that to yourself, then it'll separate you 
from being at the bottom of the 50 boats or at the top 10. Yep. Mm-hmm. So. I try not to tell anybody. No. No, it makes sense. I have the same thing. I'll go I'm catch at. your bait for you. Yeah, before you do that. And even I'll I'll ask him sometimes, and we're good buddies, and he'll be like, oh, I didn't catch anything. Then he sends a picture on Facebook, 164 today. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, I thought you didn't catch any. Oh, that was yesterday. That's hilarious. All right, it's it's not just unique to here. Like, I I don't like to share spots where I catch flatheads because there's not that many flatheads. And once there's a good flathead spot, it's pretty much going to be a good flat spot for a long time right unless right. something changes but the best ones don't change right so i don't really share those but i'm I, there's a handful of bait spots that i don't tell anybody about yeah like my wife doesn't know about them my best fishing buddy doesn't know about them and i told them like like i'd say the dude i, I catfish with by far the most is ryan and i'm like um i'll tell i'm gonna move so when i move i'll tell you where it's at but. <laughs> But as of right now, I'll just keep it close to the chest. <laughs> well, there was a spot. There was a spot. I mean, it's not really spot burning, but there was a section of river that was unfished for a long time, and it became for bait or cats. No, this is for cats. So okay. switching gears a little bit. So um, talking about flatheads for flatheads, it was not fished for a long time. Then it started getting fished, and then everybody fishes their same time every year mm-hmm. and it is stacked now yeah so it's not that they're still not there but now you just got a lot more pressure right so i could understand it with flatheads yeah because i mean last year was horrible. yeah i mean i don't go up there but yeah, it was horrible yeah you guys told me it was the year so before, pressured it was great wouldn't go up go up there and catch two or three fifties in the same day right no problem right now I mean, well, this past spring, right? I think I fished it maybe four times up there, right? Never got a fish over fifty. Never See, got a fish. I don't think I caught one in pressure over makes forty. Such a difference, yeah. Especially with the, I mean, there's a lot of flyheads here, right? But compared to blue cats, there's not a lot of flyheads here, correct? Yeah, yeah. yeah. and that's. And then you have this one situation where you get a high concentration of a bulk of the population, and then. You add just a probably don't even take that much pressure, and all of a sudden the fishing quality of fishing is impacted. Right, but see, it actually so for me, all of you guys were doing that on that body of water, and it, you're on another. I was on the other body of water, killing it. Killing yeah, it. nobody was there. All by yourself. All by myself, and and I mean, we had nights that it, you go out for three hours, you catch fifteen flatheads all over thirty pounds. That's crazy. And I mean. It was too easy, and everybody's like, you know, you need to come do this, you know, and it's like, ah, I'm good. You're right. I'll, I'll try to get there when yeah. I can. Yeah, so I'll get there when I can. <laughs> so it's, yeah, pressure has made quite a bit of difference. Uh, my, and it's the thing, if when you catch flatheads during that time of the year, people automatically assume that you're on that stretch. They do. Yeah. So you can post all the pictures you want. Yeah. Because they're similar. The backgrounds are similar, similar. as well. So... Um, yeah, the landmarks are very similar, and you people <laughs> automatically think you're up there. Sure, you're like, but you're not. And but you're not. Let them yeah. think that. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and might go up there, and if they have a great day, cool. You had a great day, awesome. but you didn't catch the ones I was catching nope. or the ones I'm targeting. <laughs> so that's all that matters. <laughs> it is funny how there 
the flathead guys or guys who are flathead fishing. But yeah. where I'm at, it's flathead guys. We don't have blues. Yeah. So there's kind of like channel cats, and then there's guys who fish for channel cats and dabble in flatheads, and then there's flathead guys. And the flathead guys are hush hush. Yeah. And most of the people who don't like me and like what I do are flathead guys. <laughs> <laughs> because, well, all right. So one of the issues is there's not too many. And it's not that I'm some expert fisherman, but I cover ground. Like, one of the rivers I, I fish, I know I've been on every inch of 90 miles of it. And then another river I fish, I've been on 80 of a 120-mile stretch. And there's just a few spots that I haven't got to yet. But oh, wow. next year, I'll be out there. Yeah. Yeah. And I find their secret spots. Unbe- like, without, it's not that I got tipped off. It's not that I'm looking for any, like, trying to steal spots off the Internet or anything. Right. I'm just out there and fish them and find out. And then if I make a video or something, they're just mad that i'm there making a video but i make a point to try and hide all discernible landmarks from my videos yeah. for those reasons yeah because you can look and see structure like if you're fishing a huge pile of structure yeah yeah i mean just because you know you fish a pile of structure that you can visually see in the water and tell you where you're at i mean there's no. you know unless you know like i know exactly where that tree branches off like that <laughs> well you know, but some, and, like <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah but some of them fly guys do flathead guys do, do. oh they yeah. do yeah and, and they're thinking they're just trying to be real secretive and hush hush and they don't want to advertise their spot and they're not thinking that well nobody will know where i'm at if they haven't already been there and you've been there a bunch so of course you know where i'm at right or if i'm fishing one of those small creeks i'm talking about and you have that turn with that bridge pylon yeah like that's a discernible thing that if you've been there and you've seen it, you're like, I know where that's at. Exactly. Yeah. But if you haven't been there, like, okay, good luck. You know, like there's all these little tribs and stuff off of these rivers and yeah, maybe you'll get out and you'll find it, but you'd be better off just trying to find your own stuff. You'd save a lot more time. Oh yeah. And I'm sure there's, I'm sure there's guys that do a lot of, like they do their, what I call recon, look at fish photos, people that post. Oh, right? yeah. oh And yeah. then, you know, if you're fishing near a bluff, you see the bluff, and and they're like, oh, oh, I know that pine tree that's sticking off of that bluff. Like, oh, I know it, dude. There's a pine tree on like every bluff on yeah. the river. Well, it's <laughs> like, it, it's funny, but it, <laughs> it is funny how considering I've been on a lot of river, I do notice some things. Like, yeah, if I'm scrolling through Facebook and I see a picture of a dude holding a flathead, and I know that guy is from this town, and I see him. Yeah, like, and there's it's all dark, but behind this flathead, there's willows in the background. I'm like. There's only two stretches of river that have willows. Right. So I n- might not know exactly where he's standing. Yeah. But I might. And I, but I definitely know the stretch of, he's like right. one or two of these. And then you can guess. And, but I've already been on it and I probably have a good idea where he's at. Yeah. The thing with, the thing with that type of like recon for me, it, if you, if I look at somebody, let's say Sakodi caught a fish and, and he was over by, you know, the bluffs on a certain section of water at a certain time of year, all it tells me is, okay, there's some fish biting at that depth. Yeah. That helps. Yeah, because you know what depths. Right. I know what depths to target. I don't need to go to that bluff. Yeah. I know plenty of spots where it's that deep. Yeah. Right? So. um, But there's different patterns that play out every year, and it gets to the point where it's like, I don't even. You don't need to do it. I don't need Mm -hmm. to do it. You don't need to do it. Once you get those patterns, you don't even need to look at a fish photo. Yeah. So. And then I try to follow through on the patterns that i know then i always do wild card stuff yeah just yeah, to yeah. find out sif try to find just something, something else yep. yeah yeah the wild card stuff is really fun well when it works right well then then that's one reason i like traveling 
Right. And like you, you've been super helpful, especially with the bait thing. And I had an idea of where to right. come down here and you're like, Oh, you should fish. Oh, well, I almost said it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll cut that part out. <laughs> oh, you should fish this area. And I'm like, Oh, that's a, thanks for the direction. And then as soon as you said this area, I'm like, okay, we're going to fish this ledge. Yeah. We're going to fish this channel. Yeah. And then you get on fish and it's like very rewarding. Oh yeah. You know, like, yeah. Well, you're it, when the I, most rewarding is when you do it without any Intel, any, any help. Oh yeah. That's, but the the help thing, it's like you're a good angler. I don't need to tell you how to get it done. Just check this spot out. Yeah. Right. Yep. Nine times out of ten, you, that's you'll fine. figure it out. You'll for figure yourself. it out. Yep. If you know what you're doing, you're going to figure it out. I didn't need to do anything like that. So the pattern is is down there. You normally catch some fish. Yep. So once you catch some, I'm sure you'll figure out where they're holding. Yep. Mm-hmm. So it's too easy. Sure. I. So I have a topic that I think is interesting that I have noticed over the past couple of years. And it might be kind of taboo to talk about it, but I like controversy. Okay. So Is it about the bait you were using yesterday? No. It's about <laughs> pro staff. Okay. okay. This will be fun. This is going to be fun. All right. So I know a lot of people out there that are pro staff that I feel like it's their goal to get as many companies and as much stuff as they can. And that's all their goal is. Mm -hmm. Instead of what can I do to benefit that company or benefit that brand um, or those people that own the company, like there's no personal relationship to it. You know what I mean? Like, for example, some of the people that, like I'm pro staff, the people that I'm pro staff with are close personal friends mm-hmm. and I want to help their businesses grow. And that's what I care about. I don't give a crap. They could give me nothing and I'll buy it all because it's a business after all. Um, but I feel like, like there's like 60% and I can't relate to the bass industry cause I don't know. I think a lot of this stems from the tournament culture. This stems from bass fishing okay. it originates in there. Well, of course it originates there. Right. Right. But I think it's trickled down to, Hey, what can I do for me? What can I do to, to get, uh, more stuff, discounts, this, that, and the other thing. It really has nothing to do with the company anymore. So what's your biggest problem with someone who approaches pro staff with the point of like gathering as many as possible? Like what, if you had to point your finger at, this is my problem with that. I swallowed the cool, or I drank the Kool-Aid from the army a long time ago. And I have like a code, right? It breaks my code. Like the loyalty code, right? Because if you're just out there switching companies or getting whatever I can get for free, it's just like, what's your baseline? What's your, what's your center? What's your core? Mm -hmm. Like it just, it breaks your morals, I think. So you're looking at all of these companies as like a person. Yeah. Because there's a person running these companies. And to just go gather as many different pro staffs as you can, you're essentially dehumanizing the whole concept of a person running a small business. Yeah, because what you're essentially out there to do as a pro staffer is to market that brand, that company, and that person that put their time and effort into that brand. You know, you're you're their their boots on the ground, if you will. Mm-hmm. And if you're not doing that, um, you know, and you're just out there for yourself, then, I mean, what's the point? Just start your own business then. That's, yeah, I feel that. 
You know well, what I mean? It's yeah. human nature to gather things. Yeah, sure. And I think it is interesting when you think about gathering Hunter sponsorships gathering. instead of like gathering mushrooms or you know, like, <laughs> like going out and hunting for stuff. You're hunting for sponsorships instead of hunting for deer. Right. But the concept is still similar. So yeah. I can see how a person might approach things this way. But you bring up a greater point about the ethical or how, yeah. how ethical it is to go about that because you are turning humans into simply a resource. Right. Instead of actually treating them like people. people. Right. Yeah. So it's like your, your brand that you represent, you have a loyalty to them. You know them. You're personally attached to them, mm -hmm. I'm sure. Yeah. Right. And you do what you do to help them out as people. You know, I mean, sure, you, you have fun doing it, mm -hmm. but you probably approach it that way. I mean, what do you guys think? Do you, I mean, do you think it's right or wrong or ethical? I mean, or does it not matter? Like everything matters. <laughs> if, if you think it matters, everything yeah. matters that you think matters. Okay. Cause I've never thought of it in this way till this very moment. Really? So I've never really, I'm like, if somebody wants to go gather a bunch of sponsorships, like I don't give a shit. No, you know, it's like not my thing. Yeah. But if you want to do it, go for it. But the fact you have a personal problem with it, yeah, I'm not. And a the fan way you look at it is interesting and something yeah. unconsidered. That's I just part think of some it. people use it to try to grow before they grow in what they're actually doing. Like if I gather right. a bunch of sponsorships, and pro staff, and yeah, whatever else you want to call it, before you make yourself a person at what you're doing, right? As a like, for instance, like us as cat fishermen, yeah. Before I make myself known as a cat fisherman. I'm known as a pro staff hog right. or something like that. Right. Well, some people that's, think that's, that's what makes them relevant. Yeah, but no. But does it? You didn't like, but see, you, we like, come I from look at, There's strikes. people I look up to yeah. in the fishing community. Not right? because of who they're sponsored by. It's though. not Correct. who they're sponsored by. I'm like, when I go tournaments, I'm like, dude, I'm gunning for him. Yeah. That's yeah. Not because, oh, he's sponsored by, I don't know, Joe Smo. You know, like. But he's a good fisherman. He's a good fisherman. Yeah. I want to beat him. So you're right. saying like, go fishing, make like, yourself known, get for good at that. fishing, and then don't even worry about sponsorships because if you're any good at all, they'll happen. They'll come to Correct. you. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You don't have to beg. You don't have to ask. Right. It just comes, and it comes with earning your stripes. I think. Yeah. So it's funny. I avoid I didn't have most a sponsorship. sponsorships. Do you? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't have a sponsorship until I won the first tournament. Yeah. And after I won the first tournament, they asked me then. That should be. I won't. I don't know. Not necessarily uh, you have to win to be a, you know. Right, 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 right. I wasn't looking for none. Right. You know, and after the tournament, after everybody, you know, shook hands, said goodbye, and, you know, chit-chat and whatever. Yeah. They came and asked me if I wanted to join. And it was, you know, it was just that simple. I was mm -hmm. like, I mean, I never approached What about changing the products you use in order to gain a sponsorship? Like, Ooh. how do you think about that? Like, far as what? So you use this reel. You like this reel. But then another reel company asks you if you'd like to be sponsored by them, and then you change the reels you're using, even though you may or may not like these other ones or you've never tried them. No, that, I will not. I will not. Well, this isn't even necessarily about what you will do. It could be. It can be. But I just want to clarify, it could be you or somebody else. Me personally will not. Pro staff for something I have not used. I'm mm -hmm. not just going to hop yeah, on. Yeah, no. like, you know, uh -uh. Like, I'm just not. 
What, if what I, if, if somebody, I bought it and I have used it and whatever, and then boom, they like, hey man, you want to join our team? Right. What are, what are your thoughts cool. of somebody else doing that though? I mean, something that they do what they want. Okay. At the end of the day, I'm just like, you still got to beat me in fishing. Right. So, because <laughs> that's what really matters. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> pro staff doesn't beat. Pro staff doesn't give you wins. No, it does not. So, no, it does not. not. At the end of the day, like I said, you got to. You got to beat me at fishing. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I know you uh, pro staff for, uh, what, Trophy Cat? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Like, I honestly never heard of Trophy Cat. Yeah. You kept making posts about Trophy Cat. I'm like, who the hell's Trophy Cat? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you know like, Yeah. Because I've seen your rods. Yeah. But all the time, just from afar, you know, I never, yeah. like, examined them. I, they look like big cat fever rods. Yeah. You know? Until you start saying Trophy Cat, Trophy Cat, Trophy Cat. And I was like, who's Trophy Cat? That's what you're supposed to do. Yeah. You so, bring awareness of a product. And that's what people. he did. Yeah. So, that's a, so that's a good that's a good. But like thing. I wouldn't pro staff for Trophy Cat. One, I've never used their gear. Right. Two, let alone, I ain't never heard of them right. until, you know, you yeah. started advertising it. So like I just wouldn't, if they came and asked me right now, I'd be like, no. And that's, and that's the thing. Like that's a good point because, for example, uh, Trophy Cat, right? When they approached me, I had I just came off of like a second place win or something like that. You, I had been using their products, and um, he asked, "Hey, Brad, would you like to join our team? We're real small right now." And I said, "You know what? Yeah, I had a couple of different rod companies ask if I wanted to, mm-hmm. and um, I found out he was a real small business, mom and pop, this and that, you know. And I said, "You know what? I, I hopefully I can help this guy make it bigger." And um, I like to think that I did. He's a really nice guy mm-hmm. who owns it. Um, they're a really good team. I was able to get a couple of good friends on that team that mm-hmm. are amazing anglers, like you know Brent. Um, People who represent the product well. They do, and they represent the industry well. Mm-hmm. And um, and I like to think that we made a difference. And I think that's, but that's what motivates me. Yeah, I like to make a difference. So I had a career based on making a difference. And I like to think that my next hobby makes a difference. So, it sounds to me like your biggest thing is intent. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The, the issue with intent is how do you audit intent of like Ooh. why you're going about doing those things. Ooh, that's hard. That's where I get stuck. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, if you do things for the right reasons, then I think it's good. And if you do things for the wrong reasons, I think it's bad. And then you also have the what is good, what mm-hmm. is bad. The perception. It varies based on perception yep. of the person, you know, and it becomes a slippery slope, but a fun discussion to have. It is. Know? Yeah. Yeah. So, Cody, what's your last cast, man? Mm. I don't know, man. Like, oh, you got I mean, cast. we just cover so much. Like, Think of it as a point to expand on something, or you can go down a different rabbit hole like Brad did. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I got a lot of rabbit holes, but I'm Um, opinionated. Or just think of it like the last thing people are going to hear from you. What do you want that to be? I don't know. I really don't know. Anchor versus dragging? Are you an anchor guy or a dragon guy? Is that your... That's the last thing people are going to hear. Yeah, like, what are I'm you? I'm an are you... anchor guy or I'm no. a dragon guy. Yeah, what guy. are you? Are you an anchor or dragon guy? 50-50. <laughs> He's a fisherman. Whatever puts the fish in the boat, man. You know that. You notice how we don't say suspend. I'm not a suspend guy. No. It's either anchor or dragon. I'm, well, an, I'm an anchor guy. I'll say it. I am. I'm a dragon guy. I'm a, I'm a drag king. I'm 50-50. 50-50? Yeah. Okay. And that's why you win tournaments, probably. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't like to... Uh, I, I need to get better at anchoring, but oh, it's just mind-numbing to me. 
It's like, bleh. Think of anchoring like dragging. Like, instead of covering water incrementally, you're covering water a little at a time. Yeah. So you spend the time you spend on anchor, then you're, you're moving to a different area. So yeah. you're still putting multiple baits in front of multiple fish. You're just doing it incrementally. Right. Or not incrementally, but segmented versus gradually and incrementally like dragon baits. Right. I mean, it's a mindset thing, right? Yeah. But, I mean, yes and no, because, like, the different presentations offer different things. And I, like you were talking about earlier, before we started the podcast, about how you say feel anchoring is a better big fish approach. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of validity to that. Like, my biggest blue, on anchor. My biggest flathead, on anchor. You know, not moving. I notice when I'm fishing for channel cats on small streams, I will drift a bobber because I love watching the bobber go under. But if I'm out to catch the biggest channel cat I can catch, I'm putting a bait on the bottom, let it sit there for five to ten minutes, and then I'm moving, moving, moving. And I don't know what it is. I think some of it is where the fish position. Bigger fish are possibly, especially cover-oriented fish, like flatheads, Right, the biggest fish is going to be buried deep in that stuff. So if you are like presenting baits there as they move by, he doesn't have the time to come all the way out. Mm-hmm. But if you place a bait stationary in front of it and let it tantalize him a little bit more, he's more apt to come out of that deep structure to get that bait and come check it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Much. yeah. yeah. That's I mean that's why I if I'm big fish hunting, yeah, essentially. I'd rather go anchor than drag. Yeah. Have I caught big fish dragging? Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, 83 is biggest. Yeah. You know, a couple in the 70s, several in the 60s, always in the 50s. Mm-hmm. Right. You know. Oh, yeah. Easy. Yeah. But I love how you're like trying, Brad's trying to stay in tune <laughs> to the podcast and the kids are running around in the background. <laughs> they have been so good for so long. I'm like, shut your mouth, boy. Oh, they're doing, they're doing great. They're being kids. But as far as the anchoring thing, yeah, I, I think if you're big fish hunting, anchoring's the way to go for those reasons and probably reasons I'm not even aware of or haven't touched on. Yeah. And uh, all I know is at the end of the day, my biggest fish come on anchor. And I think, honestly, I think, I don't know. I just I just a random percentage, but I say eighty percent of people. I'm sure, it's more than that. Big fish just probably come off anchor. Yeah. I mean, it's a it's a it's a firm belief, and and there's a lot of validity to it. I mean, the guy who's caught the most big blues that I'm aware of, he's put seven in the boat over a hundred pounds, and they've all been on anchor, and he's in a place on the biggest river in the country and dudes are suspend drift and dudes are bumping and he's anchored Anchor. somewhere yeah. always though, but he's always, I want to catch the biggest fish and honestly bumping and suspend drifting is too much fun not to do it at least every once in a oh, while. Wow. Yeah. 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 That's I'm a, not a bumper. I haven't, oh, have done you done it? it? I've I tried it. Oh, it's so much fun. I want to do it. So I bad. think the reason why is a Nurikoff fish don't it? Yeah. That'll, that'll, yeah, you know, First if you I've have ever, never caught a fish, you're not I mean, a for anything though. You have to, yeah, like, like you're not a believer of it. Like, you're right. You're I mean, right. I, I can sit confidence. there and watch a boat bump by and boom, nail yeah. fish. But yeah, you did it. Cool. When I catch a hunt, when I catch a triple digit fish on anchor, I will only be anchoring for three years after that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just the way it is. Nobody's yeah. gonna blame me. Yeah, yeah, right. It's like I'll and I'm gonna say, well, no more fifty fifty, buddy. I'm anchor fishing. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, until I catch my first fish bumping. I'm See, and my biggest right. fish this year and my second biggest fish ever was bumping. Oh, wow. Yeah. 
That must be fun. It was pretty fun. <laughs> well, and, and I love walleye fishing in the fall. And walleye fishing in the fall is very reminiscent of bumping. Really? Because instead of, like, walleye, you cast cross-current, and you let your lures sweep across the bottom, you feel it tick the bottom, and you lift it, and you make those adjustments based. And you want to keep your bait as close to the bottom without bumping into a bunch of stuff and snagging. Okay. Where bumping is kind of like that, except instead of sweeping a cross-current, you're letting it sweep away from the boat, behind the boat. Okay. And I just feel kind of like I'm walleye fishing a little bit and it it makes it's like familiar in that way and then i've had success doing it right i've broken off every time i've been bumping and that's the thing dude you're gonna break off like yeah but i I, I had a day i broke off a dozen times that's what i'm saying like i when i the time i went to the mississippi i i think i bought i don't know 40 something pieces of lead because I knew I was going there, just bumping. You're like, right. hey, you get hung up, you break up, blah, 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 blah. I was like, all right, cool, whatever. I'll buy some lead and make sure I got enough. Yeah. After the fifth or sixth time in the freaking quarter mile stretch. Can I'm, we anchor uh, somewhere? Behind, behind a wind back or something. <laughs> <laughs> Put this anchor in. I'll pull it all day long. Like, I'm not bumping. <laughs> I'm not doing this anymore. I think, I think what you need to do to get into bumping is go to a place that is pretty clean bottom because those places do exist where you can also catch fish where you're not retying all the time and you're yeah. getting skunked but you go do that and then as you do that more you'll get better at it and the better you are at it the lighter you can let that sinker touch the bottom and hop it up the fewer snags you're going to get right so then as you get better you can get so good like i'm not an expert but i'm good enough to bump a bait over the top of a weir dike, so, which is basically an underwater jetty like yeah. we were talking about yesterday, you can bump your bait and let it scoot right over the top and then feel where it, like you let it down the same amount, you don't feel anything, you know that you're on the back side of it and you can let it tumble down. And lots of times that's where that big boy's at. Hanging mm, up. Yeah. yeah. That's what I've learned Like some of the guys in Mississippi. like They'll scan area and mark, we're like structure piles and this is that. Yep. Yeah. And then they go back and they bump back cross that yes and yes. that's what that's i think that's where the bumping really was for you know to bump through that structure yeah. instead mm-hmm. of just right and yeah i bump right into it because <laughs> <laughs> there's rock fields that that we fish all the time anchor yeah and we'll fish one spot we'll move over here we'll fish that spot we'll fish that spot and you could just bump through on a route and i think the other thing is it's one bait Oh, I know. But it's the most effective bait you oh, can put like, down there. They say that. I got They're 900 like, it's rods landing like, in Florida it, boat. And it's I'm the here most natural that. presentation you can do. But it's, I, I don't know about that because you're like ripping this bait up, you know. But what it does is if you do it effectively, you can put, like suspend drifting. You keep your baits pretty close to the bottom. But you need a reasonably tuned up fish to zip up from whatever it's hiding behind. Right. your bait. Whereas when you bump effectively, that bait barely comes over the top and then immediately rolls right along the bottom behind it right in that fish's face right that that would not have happened with any other presentation you could have that happen anchored but you know you cast your bait falls where it falls there's no guarantee it's going to fall right on the back side of this little no. three foot sand dune on the bottom where a 50 pounder's hanging out yeah. right because that's where they're at lots of times especially the in the summer yeah. yeah whether it's a wing dam or just sand dunes underwater sand dunes they'll just yep. tuck right in there good luck i mean you can do it anchoring you just put that bait in front of so many more fish's face right if you can bump effectively and once you figure it out because you do it very much you'll figure it out 
it's so rewarding. I heard. I mean, here it's fun, and yeah. you know, it's that you know, burn your skin off yeah. your freaking thumb. And most of the bites are the opposite for me. Not that I've done it a ton, but I I've not had that hit where it burns your thumb. Every one of them is either your line slacks for a second, or you just feel a little tick, like a little. Thump, and then See, I thought that. And it was the thick right in the crevice of it. I, I mean, I set the hook on it. He's like, yeah. Oh, no, that's not a fish. I'm pretty sure I have a video of me doing exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> Look like a bass fisherman out there just setting the it's hook. Like, yeah. Got your back, your knees, everything's all in it. Oh, like, that's great. I love Bottom. that, though. That's what you miss with circle hooks. You watch the rod fold in half, that's great, but you don't get to tee them up like oh, you yeah. do bumping, and I really enjoy that. That's what I, one thing I like about drifting. So you don't bump with circle hooks? Oh, I do. Oh, okay. But they hit it. So By the hard, time you've man. came tight on them, they've turned around. So you just right, just yeah, stick rip. them. Yeah. Hell yeah! Well, this has been a ton of fun, guys. I appreciate yeah, man, you taking great. the time to to do this. I love doing these. This is like, I quotation mark labor of love because I'm not like making any <laughs> real money off of it. It's fun, and I appreciate you guys a, a yeah. ton. Yeah, so. It was a blast. So, First time. And thank you yeah. to everyone who took the time to listen. Um, if you want to help this podcast out, because I don't make really any direct money, um, get you a pair of Waterley and sunglasses. Promo code RC15. You get 15% off. I get a little kickback. Helps me out. Um, the other one would be the new one, and not a fishing sponsor either, but pretty badass, is uh, Bigfoot Bushcraft Fire Starters. I'm like, I've switched one of these around in the slush just to see how wet I could get it and then cracked it open and started a fire with it in two minutes. Didn't even have any real tinder, just laid some sticks across it. And I'm not the best fire starter in the world. So this is like hopefully going to make life a little easier when I'm camping and want to do campfire cooking. So I'll have a bunch of videos of me using that once I'm down in Florida, because I'm going to be camping a lot down there. Hopefully I don't get attacked by like a gator or a water moccasin or something like that. Panther. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they do have those. They have panthers. Well, we have yeah. mountain lions in Iowa, too. Yeah. So. They have pythons, too. They oh, do have Burmese pythons. Southern Florida, not yeah, where I'm at. Oh, okay. That's all Florida to me. They have meth heads. <laughs> they have lots of those. <laughs> lots of them. But so does Iowa. So it's whatever. <laughs> all right. If you, another thing you can do is leave a review on Apple. If you're listening on Apple, that helps promote the podcast. And I appreciate it. But thanks for taking the time to listen. That means more than anything, and hope you catch Giant. Now in Waypoint TV's 2023 Series Showdown. Your favorite hunting and fishing shows are going head-to-head. Visit waypointtv.com to vote and be entered to win a giveaway from Element Outdoors. Cast your votes during each round until the champions are crowned. Get in the game and vote in the Series Showdown. Presented by Expedition Enterprises and Vote Trader. Only at waypointtv.com. Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.